it's that time of year where we like to go for drives, probably a little bit more than normal. You know, in the wintertime, not so much. Weather kind of warms up. We like to go for that drive out in the country or see sights, whatever the case is. But when we're driving, do you have songs that you just love to have on in the car when you're driving? Do you have those favorite songs? Ones that the moment you plug it into your stereo, it's like, I got to crank it up. Your driving songs, your favorite ones. What are they? Send me a note, safedriver36 at yahoo.ca, and tell me what are your favorite driving songs. Welcome to another episode of Speed Bumps, a safe driving podcast. In this episode, we'll discuss how we can avoid having a head-on collision. As drivers, do we have a sense of entitlement? And things have switched. This time, how I help my dad buy a new car. Let's go. We hear about it happening. We sometimes don't think it's going to happen to us. But when we least expect it, there it is. I'm talking about a potential head-on crash. Now, think about it for a second. You could be doing nothing wrong. You're driving on a two-lane country road. Someone pulls out to pass someone, and there they are coming right at you in your lane. What are you going to do? Besides curse, scream, or even wet yourself, there are ways that you can avoid a head-on collision, and you can do it safely. First is always be ready for it. Understand that people are going to make mistakes and we've got to counteract their mistake with a solution. That's what a proactive driver does. So first of all is realizing that you're going to need to use the shoulder of the road. Even a small shoulder will give you enough room to go by. Now, most lanes, if you measure from center line to the edge of the asphalt, edge of your lane, It's almost two widths of a car wide. So you only really need to get half or two thirds of your vehicle out of the lane and you can squeeze by. So here's what you do. First of all, we all know for those who've been driving for a while that where we look is where we go. So the moment you realize that someone has pulled into your lane, don't assume they're going to go back. They may not be looking far enough ahead to see you or they may panic. So if this is what happens immediately start drifting onto the right shoulder of the road and ease your car out of the way. By doing it right away, what you're doing is you're letting that oncoming driver know who made the mistake that you're helping them out. Maintain your speed so you have equal weight transfer over all four wheels. Slowing down will lift the weight transfer uh, from the back to the front. might cause a little bit of a fishtail, so maintaining speed is a good idea. Move over as far as you can, but leave your left wheels on the pavement. That way you've still got some traction. You've given the oncoming driver plenty of room to squeeze by. And then look well ahead at the edge of the asphalt, the edge of the gravel, just to stabilize your vehicle. And that way you can keep going in a straight line. Keep a firm grip on the wheel because that shoulder might be a little bit bumpy. Once the oncoming driver passes you in the lane that you came from, Look back to the center of your lane and ease the car back into your lane. Now, if it does happen, you might have to pull over afterwards and kind of catch your breath 
calm yourself down, and refocus on your own driving. So I would teach this to my students on how to do it. And many, many years ago, I happened to teach it to one of my students, and we would simulate that someone had come over into our lane. So to make sure it was safe, my hand would go on the steering wheel to make sure that in case she overreacted or any of my students overreacted, I still had some control. So we practiced it. Now, after the last practice time, we got back into our lane and within seconds, someone pulled out from behind a transport and started coming at us in our lane. We did this maneuver for real. We went onto the shoulder and that driver passed us in our lane as they were also passing the transport. We got back safely into our lane and my student made a comment that it wasn't very fair or nice that that happened. And I thought she was talking about the oncoming driver who pulled out to pass when it wasn't safe. She thought I set it up. Now, I've been known to be a little bit crazy every now and then, but not that crazy that I actually plan to avoid a head-on crash for real. We'll save those for the movies. But the good news is she now knows how to do it for real, as do thousands of others that I've trained to drive. I was recently interviewed by someone who was doing a, a podcast for a project and we started talking about driving and they asked if I would be their guest. And one of the things we talked about was about drivers and if they have a sense of entitlement. And I think there really are a few drivers who feel that, hey, I'm on the road, I have a license, get out of my way, that they really can't do anything wrong. Well, you can. And the first thing wrong is having that kind of an attitude. We shouldn't have a sense of entitlement, but only thing we do is we have to respect that that license is in our possession. I've briefly mentioned it in an opening many podcasts ago, but here's the deal. That license, although it has your name on it, doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the government. You have a privilege to attempt to get your driver's license, and you have a privilege to drive each day. You don't have the right. You might have a right to attempt to go for the test, but that's about it. That's where it ends. We have to work like a team when we're out there. We're not all individual players on the team. We need to work together. So if there's any sense of entitlement, your entitlement is to be a team player. You think of any sports, you can have fantastic players on a team, but they're terrible as a team and they're in the bottom of their division because they can't seem to work together. They all keep making individual efforts and they get stopped by the team who works together. So instead of saying, mine, 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 this is my road, and by the way, you don't own the road, you just have the privilege of driving on it and your taxes help keep it reasonably safe. You're entitled to keep your license provided you follow the rules. Now, I've coached sports, and there's some rules I agree with. There's other rules I, I don't. But because they're still the rules, we have to respect them. That is what makes us adults, is realizing we don't always have to have it, but we know they're good for us. It's like our vegetables. We may not like them, but they're good for us. Hope the wrong people aren't listening to this because I do eat some, but not all the veggies that I'm being offered. 
So think about your license as a gift. And people can call that gift in at any time. The government might very well send you a warning letter saying, you're not driving well enough to keep this license. And I think we might take it back if you're not more careful. And if you ignore that or feel that you have a sense of entitlement to keep this license and you don't take them seriously, surprise, you can have that license withdrawn. And for those who do still drive without a driver's license and you crash and you injure someone, remember this, you also do not have insurance. People are going to sue you and they can take what you have, including your home and your possessions that you now have to sell to get the money to cover this lawsuit. So it's a gift. Keep your gift safe. Keep it in your wallet with you, and remember to play well with others. That's what I was taught when I was a kid, and I think it still works when we're on the road driving. So things change year after year, and many years after many years. And back in episode 12, I talked how my dad influenced my choice when I bought my first new car. Well, after the years have gone by, things actually changed 180 degrees. It was now my turn to help my dad buy a car. My dad wanted an SUV, and he decided that that was going to be the deal. He's getting a little bit older and sometimes a little difficult to crouch down to get into a sedan and then to get back out again especially without hitting his head. And I know I didn't want that to happen either. And it's also easier than getting stuff out of the trunk, like groceries or what have you, and having an SUV is a little higher up. So it would help him in a lot of different ways. So my brother, son, and I accompanied my dad to this large car lot that had a lot of different vehicles there. Now, I asked my dad before we went what vehicles he wanted to test drive. And he gave me three that he wanted. Um, and one of them was his typical Ford. He likes a Ford. He's always been a Ford guy. Every now and then he gets something that's not a Ford, but then he goes right back to Ford. So it was a little surprising that he was going to test drive something other than a Ford. So we got to the lot and we're all looking around and they have lots of vehicles, all different makes and models. And we went to where the SUVs were, and my dad immediately went to the Ford section. And he liked them. And I was helping him online so he could actually see the vehicles online from this dealership. And there were hundreds of vehicles. So he took out two. One, of course, being the Ford. And he said he wanted to take out three, but he didn't. So after some weighing and I guess a couple of days, <laughs> guess what? He decided he wanted a Ford Escape. And that's great. They're a fine vehicle. All is good. He just had to decide on the color that they had. And they had quite a few choices there. So he made his decision. Now, if anybody in our family thought he would buy something other than a Ford, I, I think they would be highly mistaken. Because I think my brother and my sister and I all realize, yeah, dad's going to get a Ford. So we went to get the deal started just recently. So we got to test drive the vehicle again, and I got to go in the vehicle with him. And 
after we were done, I was showing him all the other options, the different things that was from his 2012 vehicle to current that have changed. So one of the things he liked was, again, the, the, the back of the, the SUV that he could put his groceries in. But what he didn't realize that they're automated now in a lot of vehicles. Press the button and the tailgate lifts up all the way. Press another button and it closes. He doesn't have to reach up, pull things down, especially when his arms are full. He just has to press a button. He was kind of happy with that. He saw the seat warmers. When he test drove it originally, he didn't even notice that it had a sunroof. He had a sunroof in another vehicle. He said he used to open it up and wave to people as he drove by. Well, whatever you like. But I was showing him the safety features and things that my dad didn't realize were there. So it was kind of nice. It was a whole switch around that instead of my dad giving me advice when I was so much younger, it was me helping my dad make the right purchase. And my dad picked up his vehicle and he loves it. Not just the color, not just that it's new, but it's what he wanted. And bonus, it's a pretty safe vehicle as well. Got to look after my dad. Thanks for listening to this episode of Speed Bumps, a safe driving podcast. I do appreciate the listens. Uh, be sure to come back every week. New episodes do air on a Sunday. If you'd like to send me some feedback or even some ideas or even some topics that you'd like me to talk about, you can drop me a line. I'm at SafeDriver on Twitter, and you can drop me an email. My email address is SafeDriver36 at Yahoo.ca. Be safe on the roads and come back soon. I'm Scott Marshall.